What up, y'all? This week's episode is brought to you in part by Butter for Every Season. Once again, that's Butter for Every Season. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Butter for Every Season. Check them out at ButterForEverySeason.com. My girl Misha Beverly is now hitting you with her black-owned, black-operated project that will leave your melanin feeling amazing. So check them out at ButterForEverySeason.com. Once again, that's ButterForEverySeason.com. And let's start the show. Being number one isn't easy. Well, okay, it is. It's just an It's just an It's just an Thank you. 
what up, what up, y'all? I am your host, Young Smooth. And once again, you are tuned into another episode of Kicking It With Young Smooth. You know the podcast where I chill out, I rant, I rave, talk about some of the latest, hottest shit. Um, I have a really good show because I'm excited about this particular album. Y'all know how I do. But uh, first and foremost, don't forget that you can always find me at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, which is now YouTube Music, Google Podcast Player, plus your Purple Podcast Player. Again, say that three times fast. Um, and that will be for all of my iPhone users, uh, Spotify, and also YouTube. Don't forget the 26th, which is this Friday, I will have my special guest in the building, Wish granted i am so excited to chop it up with this this young man i've not spoken to him in almost a year like yo it's gonna be good see what he's up to what the new project sounded like what what he's working on he he's dropped amazing music so make sure y'all check that out and kicking it with young smooth podcast on youtube once again that's kicking it with young smooth podcast on youtube i made it easy for y'all you know what i'm saying everything is exactly the same check it out absolutely like share and subscribe all right so did y'all get Last week's Kick That Lyric, yo, last week's Kick That Lyric was one of my favorites. Last week's Kick That Lyric was 1900 Hustler with Jay-Z and Beanie Siegel, and it was Jay-Z's part. Yo, one of my absolute favorites, and I love that song to this day. I will listen to the song all the time. I, I, it's one of my top faves, absolutely, all the time. I mean, and, and it's actually one of my favorites because it's like... um Everybody was doing a part. Everybody was really in it. And I I love the whole story behind it. Um, and, he, and, yo, in a few bars, Jay-Z just really gave you all the game in a few short bars. And I was like, oh, shit. This is, this is dope. So, yeah, love that. All right, this week's Kick That Lyric comes from someone who's very eclectic. Very, very out there, very out there in fashion. Um, this particular album was, what's the best way to say? It? I'll say this. I have said several times before that I have a love hate relationship with this artist, but it goes like this <clears throat> Man, man, man. If my manager insults me again, I will be assaulting him. After I fuck the manager up, then I'm going to shorten the register up. Let's go back, back to the gap. Look at my check, wasn't no scratch. So if I stole, wasn't my fault. I stole, never got caught. They take me to the back and pat me, asking me about some khakis, but I let some black people in. I bet they show off their token blackie. Oh, now they love me. Let's put him all in the front of the store. Saw him on break next to the no smoking sign with a blunt in the mall talking my hits writing my hits writing my rhymes playing my mind 
this fucking job can't help him. So I quit. You're welcome. Y'all don't know my struggle. Y'all can't match my hustle. You can't catch my hustle. You can't fathom my love, dude. Lock yourself in a room doing five beats a day for three summers. That's a different world. Like three summers. Actually, I think that was supposed to be, that's like a different world, like Cree Summers. Um, I deserve to do these numbers. The kid that made the, that deserves a Maybach. So many records in my basement. I'm just waiting on my spaceship. Blow. So. What song was that? Make sure y'all hit me up at Kicking It With Young Smooth Podcast on Facebook. You can hit me at um, K-I-W Young Smooth at Twitter. You can hit me at Kicking It With Young Smooth Pod on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Let me know if y'all got that kick that lyric because it is one of the dopest ones. And again, was one of the first times that I really fell, fell, fell in love with this artist and was like, oh, this shit going to be good. And then it went downhill. And then it was good. And then it went downhill again. So it's, it is a roller coaster ride. All right. Now on to the wretched and ridiculousness corner of the show. Lauren Hill's miseducation. And keep in mind, it won't all be ratchet. Lauren Hill's miseducation earns Diamond Award. Lauren Hill is making history over two decades since the miseducation of Lauren Hill was released. The landmark album has been certified 10 times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America, the RIAA, becoming the first female hip hop album to earn a Diamond Award. Welcome to the RIAA Diamond Club at Miss Lauren Hill. Hashtag the miseducation of Lauren Hill is now a diamond 10 times certified platinum. The RIAA tweeted on Tuesday, February 16th released on August 25th, 1998 Hill solo debut opened at number one on the billboard 200 and spawned standouts like X factor to Zion and do wop that thing. With collaborations including John Legend, D'Angelo, and Mary J. Blige, Hill wrote, produced, and arranged the critically acclaimed project, which won five Grammys. The Miseducation is regarded as one of the greatest albums of its time. In 2015, it was added to the Library of Congress's National Recording Registry while Rolling Stone ranked it number 10 on its list of 500 greatest albums of all time. In a recent interview with Rolling Stone, Hill revealed she was never, she, yeah, she never recorded a follow-up to the miseducation, sharing that no one from her label reached out to help facilitate the process. She quotes, the wild thing is no one from my label has ever called me and asked me, how can we help you make another album ever, ever? Did I say ever, ever? As she said, oh my gosh. Wow. On the flip side, I, I'm, I'm excited about that. Like, yo, we, we definitely, I think our genre, um, my era, especially the nineties, um, is getting its well just deserve props um and i think it's 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 i feel i feel like it's quick and super nostalgic in a certain kind of way but not maybe not as quick as no no i'll take that back maybe not as quick because 
when we were doing our thing in the 90s and, you know, all these artists were, were coming out, a lot of things that they sampled were from the 60s and 70s, which was, you know, 20 or 20 or so years prior to, um, you know, when, when our, our, our genre and our flow of music kind of came into fruition. Um, so it, it is, it's exciting to see. I love to see like when new artists sample the 90s. However, I don't like a hardcore continuation of doing the same exact thing from the 90s, but I do like when they sample it or they try to make it into something new. And all of the artists that I look up to, I admire, and they're like, oh, they're so great. Hell, I almost failed to realize they're not much, much, so much older than me, which is hilarious, but you know, I'm still 25. Um, it's <laughs> a lot. Moving on. Blue Ivy shows out in blue uh sorry blue ivy shows out in beyonce's icy park campaign is there anything that this little girl can't do i'm just i'm just saying beyonce and jay-z's daughter makes a surprise appearance in the latest adidas x ivy park campaign as part of the icy park launch nine year damn she nine already jesus Nine-year-old Blue and her mother model matching outfits from the Alpine-inspired collection, which includes apparel, footwear, and accessories. The printed size, sorry, the pint-sized superstar shows out in a printed parka and track pants while swinging her hair and flashing the peace sign in a pair of brown latex pants and face masks. Tina Knowles Lawson reposted the video and gushed over her model granddaughter, my beautiful grandbaby, Blue Ivy, looking like a little supermodel in her Ivy Park, she wrote. According to Mama Tina, Blue was not originally supposed to take part in the shoot, she ins... (laughs) Why am I not surprised? She inserted herself into the shoot. Why am I not surprised? (laughs) No, she was not supposed to be in it, she said. She was just hanging out and got dressed, and I guess (laughs) she said, I'm I'm going to tell you what I could do. I'm going to show you. I love the aggressive spirit my blue baby has. Oh, that's so nice. That's that's what I'm talking about. I, you know what I, I realized and I, I was thinking about this after having a conversation um, with my cousin. When you are nine and ten years old and we and me and my cousin were talking about something that that is really near and dear to us, like... Yo, when we were 9 and 10 years old, we were fearless. We were fearless until this fuck of a world shakes you to your core and then makes you forget who you are. Makes you forget that you have ideas and moral and and, and morals and and no fear in your heart cuz you like fuck it, I'm gonna just do it. What's the what's the worst anyone can say is no. And then somewhere along the line, we get to a point where we like, yo, no is so devastating. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Why is this happening? Oh my god, it's so bad. Nah. Kids don't have no fear and give no fucks. And I remember being nine, ten years old and being like, yo, I don't care. I didn't care. I mean, eventually, 
I think where it goes left is when puberty hits because then you care about what everybody thinks and what everybody has to say and so on and so forth. Why? Who gives a shit? Who cares? Let me tell you something. One of the things that I have realized, and I know I'm rearing off topic and, and, and all that. One of the things that I realized as I got older is that I stayed a course and, and did what I wanted to do. And I realized, honestly, truth be told, I have done better than a lot of my peers. And I'm not saying it to shit on nobody because I'm not saying it like that. But I've done better very quickly than a lot of my peers. And, I, I, you know, I can't admit, I'm not, I'm not bright. And, and what I say, I don't want, I really don't want to sound like I'm shitting on nobody. I'm not shitting on nobody. I don't give a fuck. But, yo, I didn't see some people out this bitch and I'll be like, mm, you're not doing so well, are you? No. But, <laughs> say all of that to say, Blue is definitely out here thriving and being black excellence and we can appreciate it. Moving on, Rihanna's Savage X Fenty lingerie line is now worth $1 billion. I mean, these stories today in Ratchet and Ridiculous have just been awesome. And black women power, but yes, come on. Let me tell y'all something about Fenty before I go in this story. Y'all bitches is buying that shit. And when I say bitches, I mean everybody. I mean everybody. Because what the fuck? Yo, I can not get my my hands on a pair of extra large drawers that's it all i want is the drawers okay i want to feel i want to feel sexy in my fenty i cannot get a pair of the fucking drawers that's some bullshit and i I love rihanna because here's what i think i like about it and most people have said many good things about the product and and that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna try to get me something hopefully (laughs) off of the website but one of the things that many people have said is that it feels so great i've watched people like review the line review i've watched them review the bras and um review the boxes on youtube and just like all the underwear and all that shit and then um i watched them review like even the skincare and shit and it's like you could tell that she took her time like it's and there's a thought process behind everything like the girls are like oh you know there's like this this nice little lace that's on the bra you know there's a little bow here there's like things that you you know like little accents and little details and when someone takes their time like that that's that's great for a product but what i will say that makes this shit even doper is the fact that her price point is so affordable beyonce i love you and we all love you too but your price point is not affordable if everybody has to spend over a bag to get it it is unnecessary now rihanna said granted rihanna only selling drawers let's be clear she is only selling drawers but well mostly primarily primarily pant- like this primarily panties and and skincare and makeup so i know it is a little bit different but she has definitely made that price point super affordable and the fact that you didn't you didn't forget about the men and i mean let's let's be clear this is beyonce's third rollout and um because it does have gucci include gucci main included in it i think it is you know it is more unisexed in in a certain kind of way so you can get any of the pieces and it's still going you know kind of look good but it again it's adidas it's a lot it, it the name is a lot i remember when adidas was just the initials for all day in dad's apartment sex like that's <laughs> okay anyway 
I'm old. Uh, moving on. So, uh, Rihanna. Savage X Fenty is a billion dollar brand. Rihanna's lingerie line is now valued at one billion after raising 115 million in a round of Series B funding, reports Forbes. Private equity, yeah, I can't read today. Sorry, probably, probably like every day. Y'all be like, why do y'all be stopping? I might be dyslexic. Who knows? <laughs> Private equity firm L. Carrington, in which LVMH Moet Hennessy Louis Vuitton, there's a lot going on, has a stake will put the money towards the retail expansion of Savage X Fenty. The brand saw a 200% increase in sales last year and increased its active VIP membership base by more than 150%, according to the company, prior to the $1 billion violation. Rihanna's stake in the company has 80 well, I'm sorry, was 85 million and it's now estimated to be around 375 million. Last week, LVMH announced it was putting a hold on Rihanna's Fenty fashion brand less than two years after its launch. Instead, it plans to concentrate on Savage X. Fenty, as well as Fenty Beauty and Fenty Skin. So, quoting, follow the completion of a fundraising round where L. Carrington um, has taken a stake into Savage X Fenty, LVMH, and Rihanna, reaffirming their ambition to concentrate on the growth and long-term development of Fenty Echo of the of the Fenty ecosystem focusing on cosmetics, skincare and lingerie, LVMH and Rihanna said in a statement. Launched in 2018, Savage X Fenty has been celebrated for its size, inclusivity, and diverse marketing, including the annual Savage X Fenty show on Amazon Prime. Insiders believe the beauty brand could become a global lingerie market leader by 2025. Rihanna, Rihanna's beauty line is also enjoying robust sales with the reports of 558 million in the first full year in operation in 2018. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all bought the shit out them drawers. Y'all bought the shit out that underwear. Right now, to be 100% completely honest with you, Victoria's Secret is shooketh. <laughs> Victoria's Secret should be shook. Yo, in less than four years at this particular point, you mean to tell me that Savage Fenty is about to be the leading brand? You have a young black girl from the Caribbean, Victoria's Secret. Let me take some. This is this will shake up the game. I want people to understand that this is going to shake up the motherfucking game. One. It's Rihanna. 
Okay. And, and, and I know one would say, okay, well, you know, Beyonce, yeah, but Beyonce don't do this. Beyonce doesn't do this. Beyonce is not hitting you with that good price point. Like, Everybody could get Ivy Park if you wanted to and you wanted to spend a bag. Yeah, you could. However, everybody can get Savage Fenty. Everybody can fit Savage Fenty. You know what I'm saying to you? And and like Beyonce is covering a market of like athleisure wear. You feel what I'm saying to you? And let's be clear. Rihanna, even in there, I've seen that she has, you know, she has like leggings and, and all of that good stuff too, but, and they were, and it's real sexy and they're cutouts and all type of shit like that. But yo, the inclusion of all type of models and yo, it was a big boy on there. And I'm not necessarily a big, big boy. You feel me? But I'm thick. Fuck that. I know that. But it made me feel like, oh, let me, wait, hold up. Let me go get the robe. <laughs> let me go. Let me go get my Savage Fenty robe. Let me. Let me. Let me go get my Savage Fenty underwear because it made me feel like I was looking at a representation of me. You know what I'm saying? Like I was looking at that representation. Let me go grab that. Oh, that shit makes. And I promise you, every time I go to pick up my fucking phone to at least even try to do it, which I'm gonna try to do it again. But every time I pick up my phone to try to do it, it's like, oh fuck no, it's, that shit gone. It's gone. We got two pieces, small and extra small. Bitch, the fuck? And I, and, and I love it. And I, I'm glad that there is a level of hype. A young girl from the Caribbean. And I'll be very, very honest. I, I, I didn't, at first, I was like, eh. When Rihanna first came out, I was like, she alright. But I was also on the Beyonce train too. Like, nah, she can't fuck with Beyonce. But, I, I, I love the, the lane that she has created. I love that it's, it is completely separate. It is completely different. Um, from Beyonce. I, I think that it authentically gives, I think what people fuck with, with Rihanna more than they do Beyonce is that there is a authentic Caribbean vibe. You know what I'm saying? So you, and then with Beyonce, when you get the Creole vibes, you're like, oh, that makes sense. And you get that Houston down home flavor. You get, you get that and you, and it understands and it makes sense. Um, one thing that I will say about Beyonce in total, and I'm gonna move on. I need, I'm gonna need Beyonce Giselle Carter Knowles or Knowles Carter, excuse me. I need you to smile more. And, and I know that sounds very, 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 very sexist or whatever. But I need Beyonce to, like, yo, I know that the era has changed. I know once we got to the self-titled album, you know what I'm saying? Well, Sasha Fierce, even. And we got the self-titled album. And it just, it got, it got, like, overly serious. It's, like, super serious. Like, you're, all of your, all of your stuff is super sexy and it's super dark. And it's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's not, I am not saying there's anything wrong with that. But I miss a good smile every now and then. Like, yo, when she laughed and she was goofy and she was silly, I was like, oh, you relatable. Now, I know you're a billionaire. I get that. I understand that. I understand that. And that make you untouchable. I get it. I understand. All of those things. All of those things that you're going to say. But sometimes in life, a good smile will make you, it will make it good. Now, I, now, here's the thing. I ain't saying all your music was smile worthy, but damn, can I get a smile? Cause all of this, I don't know. It's something about the face that's starting to agitate my soul. Like, mmm, Beyonce. Anyway, um, 
Oh, so the uh, moving on. Driver who allegedly killed Nicki Minaj's father in a hit and run is arrested. The man who allegedly killed Nicki Minaj's father in a hit and run has been arrested. Charles Polovich, 71, turned himself into law enforcement on Wednesday morning, February 17th, and uh, Nos, Nos County police announced during a news conference, Polovich also has a home on Long Island, according to Fox 5 News in New York. Robert Minaj was walking northbound on Roslyn Road in Mineola, Long Island at 6.15 p.m. on Friday, February 12th, when he was struck by a... Damn. He was struck by a 1992 white Volvo station wagon. Polovich initially stopped, but then continued going. So, first of all, I had to... I paused because... Nick... Why? I mean, not that it mattered what car he got hit by, because that's just horrible. It's all horrible. But my whole question is, why is it a 1992? Sir, why you got a 92 still out here on the road? I feel like, I feel like all of that is just dangerous, regardless of who father they hit. Like, that is all dangerous. Why is there a 1992 anything on the road? You know what? Again, I digress. The 64-year-old Mirage was taken to the local hospital in critical in critical condition before he uh, succumbed to his injuries on Saturday. Police tracked Pokovich's vehicle to his home in Mineola using various pieces of video. He was charged with leaving the scene of a scene of an auto accident and tampering with evidence. Uh, he has no prior criminal record, according to the police. Quote, he was absolutely aware of what happened, end quote, said uh, Detective Stephen Fitzpatrick. Quote, he got out of the car and he looked at the deceased, got into his car and made the conscious decision to leave instead of dialing 911. Instead of calling an ambulance for the man, he went home and secluded the vehicle. He's well aware of what he did. End quote. Minaj is not publicly, has not publicly commented on her father's death. Police said that they had been in consistent touch with the family throughout the investigation. The woman claiming to be Minaj's sister mourned the loss of her brother on Facebook. And I think we talked about that before already. Um, so sorry. So sorry, Nikki. I, you know, I, we give Nick a lot of shit. And it was definitely a Nikki hate train for quite a while. And I rolled on and I was on the caboose and I was, I, hell, I felt, I was, I felt like I was in the caboose and the conductor seat all at the same time. Um, but yo, 2020 and 2021 have come with so many revelations that it's just, it is just a hot ass mess. It is. It is a hot ass mess. And I want to take a side note real quick. I know I've been, I'm always taking side notes, but I want to take a side note real quick. Um, I remember just a few minutes ago, like I really did not feel like it. I really did not feel like it today. And I realized the more I get into this, the more I continue to do this show, I got hype. I got hype again. Like, oh wow. You know, like yo, it, I, I've been home for the last three hours and I had to kind of decompress because my day was kind of, all off or whatever and I almost didn't want to do this today like I almost was trying to look for the purpose of why I'm doing this but 
I do have some people out here that really like it and really love the show, and I really appreciate. Yo, I see what y'all don't, what y'all fail to realize, especially on SoundCloud. I love my SoundCloud family. I literally see y'all go ahead and start playing the episode immediately as it drops. Like, I am so humble and thankful for that. I am. And the only reason I took that footnote out to say that is because moments are not promised. They are just not. They they are just not promised at all. And uh, 2020 and 2021 have been just tough. They have been super, super tough on me. You know what I'm saying? To you already. And I'm just like, I, I'm like, I don't know how much more I can take. And I'm grinning and I'm bearing it and I'm trying to be better. And I'm like, Ooh, look at what I'm doing. And I'm trying to be happy. But I'll be very honest with y'all. Every day is, is becoming more and more of a struggle. It really is. Um, but I am very happy to be here. Um, I am very hopeful that Nikki will get out of wherever she is at this particular point. I can't call that she's in a depression, but I definitely know I would be very, very sad when um, you know, that was that was her dad and that relationship is like no longer out of a freak accident. And this is why we also need to have compassion for people and we need to care for people more. Because that man didn't care enough. You didn't even care enough. I don't know whether you it was because he was black or whatever, but you didn't care enough to even stop. And that was a life. Like, yo, I freak out if a squirrel... Yo, I have a sc- I have scratches on my rims because I tried to avoid hitting a damn squirrel. So if a squirrel jump out, I act like that. So imagine hitting a whole person. Now, the only time I didn't do that for real, for real, because I had accidentally kept going anyway, was a deer. But that was a whole nother story because they just stupid. But I'm <laughs> just saying, deer are dumb. Deer are stupid. Okay. They will look you in your face and then decide they want to run out in the fucking street. God damn it. Like, what is what is going on? Mm-mm. All right, moving on. Pampered Boy 2 Chains smashes his tiny desk at home concert while getting a pedicure. I know that's right. Let me tell y'all something. 2 Chains was so underrated. Niggas forget when that nigga was Titty Boy 2 Chains. What? Mm. Name another rapper who got a Versace shoe deal. One of rap's most flamboyant personalities showed that he can back up all the drip talk with microphone mastery. Two Chains' recent online performance proved he is one of the one of one MCs. As Spotted on Hot New Hip Hop, the Atlanta trapper turned rapper put on a memorable live concert for his installment of Tiny of the Tiny Death series. With COVID-19 still being a real threat, it is, I want people to understand that. He delivered his bars from the comfort of his own pamper nail salon. True to his moniker, the man born Tahid, Tahid, I want to say that's the way it's, I've never, I never knew this, so I'm, I apologize. Tahid Epps, <laughs> um, gave fans a real treat as he brought some of his most beloved songs to life, all while getting a champion pedicure. Actually, he a whole G for that, cause I have re- recently received a pedicure, and I will be very honest, I don't know, especially because like the massage and when they try to go in the middle of the, the foot, I don't know if I would have been able to rap 
and equally got one without giggling like a little schoolgirl because my, my feet is sensitive. Um, he opened up the set list with some of the standout selections from his newest effort, So Help Me God, uh, Southside Hove Vampire. He then switched up the vibes to a stage where he backed up but he was backed up by a live band there he treats us to some of his sleepiers including good drink where he suggests into a impromptu freestyle where Gucci Man's verse could be heard in coming in we also get club favorites like I'm different mm. I'm gonna go check out that tiny desk I think that may actually still be on YouTube as well so if you guys haven't gotten a chance to check it out and you want to check it out I think that's gonna be dope Gorilla Glue Girl Tessica Brown's GoFundMe under investigation donation plans on Stronghold let me tell you something um no, I, I give you my, my commentary afterwards. The Louisiana native had plans to donate the bulk of the fund to charity until a bunch of haters reported her <laughs> account as fraudulent. Y'all, y'all got to stop. Y'all really do on the internet. That is too much. Tessica Brown is near, was nearly on the other side of public ridicule when she finally had the surgery needed to remove Gorilla Glue out of her hair. After raising over $23,000 on GoFundMe from her incredible story, plans were in motion to donate the money until the crowdfunding platform froze her account. Apparently, she's under investigation for fraud. They won't even release it to me because... That many people have called and said it was a fraud account, Brown said during an interview with the Post. Every time you look, it 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 say mm, it's under investigation. I felt like that was a um, again. It said it it. Um, when Brown initially created her GoFundMe on February seventh, she hoped for compassionate donors to read her story and donate money. First of all, donate money towards her cause at the time. She only asked for 1500 Her story garnered enough national attention to hire a management team. Yes, come on. And soon after launch a merch line. You better capitalize. <laughs> you can buy t-shirts and hoodies adorned. <laughs> Um, you can buy t-shirts and hoodies adorned with her likeness or sweatpants that rebonded for life <laughs> on the front meanwhile 1,400 donors visit her GoFundMe to boost her fund to a whopping $23,898 the Louisiana native found herself no longer in need of assistance and <laughs> I'm, I'm just so mad and thought of ways to help others who could use it instead and that is so admirable that is so admirable I'm like we could donate <laughs> to Dr. Og Ogben and 
the rest of that I'm going to donate to three families in St. Bernard Parish. Um, Brown said, that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, just the, the, what took me out, what sent me over the bridge was <laughs> the bonded for life. I can't, I cannot. Uh, Resort Worldwide, the nonprofit ran by Dr. Aubin, or I'm messing that all up, that helps people, I'm going to call him Dr. O, Dr. O, that helps people in developing countries <laughs> receive, I'm still taking out, um, constructive, uh, reconstructive surgery would receive 20000 as a token of gratitude for his benevolence. Yes, come on, benevolence. That is a word. You better use words like benevolence. Um, as much as Brown wanted to give back, haters on GoFundMe reported her account as fraudulent, forcing the crowdfunding organization to freeze it until further notice. A statement from a GoFundMe spokesperson claims the organization is in touch with Brown and is working with her to withdraw the funds. Prior to the withdrawal, she must clearly state on a campaign page how she intends to use the funds, the spokesperson said. Brown has since complied with uh, directions to edit the page specifically to donors, uh, specifying, sorry, specifying to donors how the money could or would be used, but it hasn't been updated yet. Yo, it's always something. First and foremost, there are a few, there are so many things. The the bonded for life took me out. The bonded for life situation, I'm gone. I was over the moon. They, I was reading it, and as I was, you know how you try to read and read ahead. I read the bonded for life, and it it it, it threw me. Um, but <laughs> yo, I'm not laughing. Okay, I am laughing at this girl. I am, I am laughing at this girl. Um, but y'all some haters because. She may have already had plans to donate that money because of the fact that she was blessed with a blessing and that's what you're supposed to do. That is what you are supposed to do. And, you know, yeah, if she has to jump through a couple of different hurdles to do so, so be it. It was never, it was never the money and intentions. And like she said, when she got on it, it was, it was her last resort. Like, yo, I've been dealing with this for a month. How do I resolve this? You know, and it was a bad, yes, it was a bad bad idea it definitely was a bad idea that shit was horrible she said my stiff well <laughs> stiff well um <laughs> that is a hot ass mess the, the whole thing about that is a hot it is it really is a hot ass mess but um yo people on the internet I realize y'all niggas got a lot of fingers. Y'all niggas got a lot of shit to say. And I'm using the word indiscriminately until I start getting deals. But y'all niggas got a lot to say. Y'all really do. But it's funny because you don't... Well, I guess I can't say you don't do it, what she do. But apparently what she do is nothing but glue her head down. Um, But yeah. All right, let me tell you something. Gorilla Glue said... <laughs> Gorilla Glue said, fuck you. Yo, our fucking product is not in the hair care section to begin with. We are not, we are not playing with you hoes. Y'all can try to sue all you want to and y'all don't. Let me tell y'all something. When you motherfucking TikTokers and all of that shit try to create what Tessica has done by, 
I I want to say mistake, but you're too old for that. But what Tessica has done, keep in mind that you are now a photocopy of that. She is a one of one. Nobody else should do this. Everybody knows that this shit was stupid. It is. I love the everyone who reached out for the GoFundMe to say, yeah, let me, let's help. And definitely she asked for $1,500. Y'all got her to $23,000. Like that's, that is definitely amazing. So I believe that the doctor should be compensated with that money. And if you want to give some of the rest of the money to other charities, absolutely. So, so something like this can't happen again to, I don't think it should ever happen again. If Again, if it happens again to anybody else, you are clearly copying and you wanted that to happen. And that is ridiculous. Gorilla Glue is not... Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue is found in your local Lowe's or Home Depot or Costco. It is not found in any beauty supply section in the store. What the fuck is wrong with you people? I don't understand. Moving on, and I think this is the last story. LeBron James is headed to the music industry. You know I said it. Yes. <laughs> they want to be us and we want to be them. Drake has said it best. Absolutely. The King LeBron James could be the next could be your next favorite person in the music industry, but not as a rapper, more so as a producer. LeBron tweeted his long for music and that he wants to make an album. But before we could tilt our heads, he made it clear he would not be laying down any vocals. However, he has a lot of famous friends that would be. This is actually, that could be a dope. He, we have seen LeBron in the same room with some of the biggest in the industry from Jay-Z, Nas, Beyonce, and more. So I could see this happening. I could see it happening. I could see, you know, like those late nights, like after the game or whatever. And, you know, you know, Jay stays in the front with B and Nas loves it. And then you got like Spike Lee out there and, you know, so on and so forth. So if you want to... um Producer, I'm, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad because here's the thing. Um, and if NBA players do, have done it and they do it all the time, some well, because here's the thing, the debate will always be about Shaq. And if Sh- Shaq had a couple of bars, let's not act like that. And Shaq wrote it himself. Um, Alan Iverson, who had a project that was shelved. And nobody ever saw that delight of day of that, you know. And there's so many others that you know they try to hang because look, the offseason. Um, Iman Shopper, Iman <laughs> actually can rap, minus the fact that your wife is Tiana Taylor, which is a whole nother story. But Iman can actually rap and he balls, so I, I could see that happening. Um, however, I like the the twist that LeBron is trying to take on it, like yo. I'm going to do the um the other side of it, like produce it and put it together, and you know help everybody else. And 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 production has been a thing that LeBron has done for quite a while, so I don't think that this is too far fetched. I really don't. All right, so what we're going to do real quick is we're going to take another quick break. I got to pay a bill, and we will be right back. All right, y'all. So it looks like. The weather is trying to break. Oh my goodness. I am so excited because, you know, it's time to start wearing shorts again. All of those things. But 
I got that winter ash, and I don't know about the rest of y'all, okay? So right now, I need to make sure that I'm using my what? Butter for every season. Once again, that is butter for every season. Let me tell y'all something. Ain't nobody trying to look at your skinny chicken legs ashy? Make sure you get your butter for every season at butterforeveryseason.com. My girl, Misha Beverly, is with her black-owned and operated project. She make that, cook that butter up herself. So make sure y'all get it. You know what I'm saying? Go to butterforeveryseason.com. That is winter, which we almost out of. Spring, which is coming up. Summer, y'all need to not look so ungreased in the summertime. Fall, because it's about to make your skin ashy again. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Make sure y'all check her out. And uh, let's get back. All right, y'all. All right, y'all. All right, y'all. It's that time again to go over one of my favorite, favorite albums. Albums. This time, it comes from the real world. Of Missy, Mr. Mina Elliot. Yes, we have done Super Duper Fly, but of course, yo, this one right here. Mm, this this shit right here is, is is still. Let me tell you something. This album right here still bumps to this day. Turn on She's a Bitch and tell me that this shit don't still bump. And it's still classically iconic today. I want Missy to do, she, she did a, I remember she did a, um, recreation video, um, photo shoot on Twitter for Super Duper Fly. I want her to do one for this one too. Cause Missy, I am very glad that you took your help so very, very seriously and you are here to give us all these iconic looks and we still got more Missy to come, of course, but I had to do this one. Not to mention, I have a surprise for y'all at the top of March. I can't wait. I'm about to make sure that that happens any way. Anyway, The Real World is the second studio album by American rapper Missy Mr. Mina Elliott, released on June 2nd, 1999 by Elektra and The Goldmine, which is her own production company. What? The album is noted for adding a raunchier and darker style to Elliot's music, as well as including the overt political use of the term bitch. The album features guest appearances from BG, Juvenile, Little Mo, Nicole Ray, Beyonce, Eve, Eminem, Lady Saw, The Brat, Aaliyah, Big Boy of Outkast, Lil Kim, MC Squirrela, and Redman. The album debuted at number 10 on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart, selling 131,000 copies. The album was certified platinum by the, of course, Recording Industry Association of America, the RIAA. It spawned the single She's a Bitch, All in My Grill, and the Hot Boys remix. Only take him thugged out, slightly bugged out, fuck with his tongue out. Know the job ain't getting done till the body's getting drunk out. Hot boy, play your part, keep it tight. Me in the middle of the night, it's something that you can be. Alright, gangster, truth to your game, street master. You the one I need when this beef. I'm not doing the rest of this. Y'all not getting me fucked up. The album debut. <laughs> Alright, um, 
And also, the album sold 2 million units worldwide. So, a little background. Originally titled She's a Bitch, Elliot committed to the choice for the title as a positive way of expressing herself as a strong woman in power. She also stated that she felt very pressured while recording this album and explained that she was afraid of experiencing a sophomore slump let's talk about that let's talk about the uh let's talk about the sophomore slump real quick that happens quite frequently i will be very very honest there comes a time in i guess i feel like there comes a time in every female rapper's life but no in the female rap game it is very very much so a sophomore slump I will say that the latter even goes for Nikki. Like Pink Friday and then Pink Friday like Roman Reloaded. Yeah, that that was Roman Reloaded was almost a hard pill to swallow. And then with her coming back with the pink print, I think the pink print definitely made things a lot better. Foxy Brown the same way, like Il Nana and then um like China White. China White wasn't as critically acclaimed, but I, li- I like China White though. Wasn't as critically acclaimed, but then Broken Silence, once you got to that third one, we were Fox. We was like, okay, Fox is that. Broken Silence is is a masterpiece within itself, and we definitely, you know what, I'm adding it to my list. We definitely will be discussing Broken Silence. Um, Little Kim, same thing. Um, Hardcore, amazing. But, you know, Big died, so the Notorious K.I.M. was like... Uh, it was kind of a flop, but again, also still spawned great bangers. And like I said, Nikki even spawned those great bangers. Eve, same thing. Um, you know what I'm saying to you? Which I am, um, and I would say the same thing for Missy, but I would say, yo, some of the second ones actually really do sometimes be the dopest album. They just be underrated at the time. I think they'd be so either so ahead of their time and, you know, and they not, in whatever the moment is that people can't catch up to the albums. So that's why they're always afraid to have their sophomore jinx. So now we're waiting for Cardi to have a second album. And it looks like it is coming really, really soon. Um, I am thinking to myself right now, right now, it looks like we got two, we got two hits. We got up and we got WAP. So we two, we two for two. So, cause let me tell y'all something. I wish up was longer, but I'm not gonna lie. I like I like what she's doing with that almost like a, like a double hook repeat and very chanted chanty wise. It works. It, it is it is working. I'm not gonna lie. Niggas fuck with up. It, it it the beat knocks. So she's good. She's definitely two for two in the single category. But can we get another album? Or will this be too far from Invasion of Privacy that maybe we don't? Like the rest of the album, you know, like she said, there are going to be, excuse me, many um Beyonce lemonade moments in it. Is it going to be too far away from that? But time will tell. But I understand what Missy was saying as far as the experience of the sophomore jinx. Elliot also dedicated the album to the victims of the Columbine High School Massacre. Oh, wow. Singles on March 4th, 1999. She's a bitch was sent to the local radio stations in the United States as the lead single for the album. Elliot went on a release, went on and released two additional singles, All On My Grill and Hot Boys Remix, which featured Eve, Nas, and Little Mo. And 
uh, I think I want to say that that was Q-tip at the end and not Magoo. I think it, it, that was that was the case. Uh, critical reception. The real world received a acclaim from music critics like Keith Fairley of All Music, who declared it an excellent follow-up and added it's clearly a Missy Elliott album in most respects with Timberland's previously trademark, um, trademark, uh, frantic beat. I got something in my eye. I'm sorry. Um, beat break production smarts laced throughout. Entertainment Weekly said, felt that the real world makes steps in several right directions, both for rap and understanding the never ending battle of the sexes. Toure, everybody loves Toure. Toure was on uh, BET and MTV as well. Um, a Rolling Stone compared the album to George Lucas's epic space opera. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I could see that. I could now that he, I've read it. I could see that. 1999 and wrote um, the real world is much anticipated and futuristic with a hype of out outstripes and um, and the reality. The concept is more interesting than the execution, he added, and that even the real world isn't a a successful one. The album somewhat recalls Queen Latifah. Uh, Maybe, but more in a futuristic way, because one of the things that I loved about the real world was the fact that it definitely, definitely had the Matrix feel. That was one of the things. It, like, 99 was all about, like, the Matrix feel. So some of the tracks, just to go over, was um, the intro, which was mysterious, the intro. Then you had Beat Biters, which was Missy and Tim. Then you had uh, Bus Rhyme, which featured Eminem, which, mind you, I remember saying a long time ago that when... Nikki did Roman Revenge that she was the first she is not I forgot that Missy is the first person first female rapper to work with Eminem that is a fact a well documented fact and I totally forgot about that All of My Grill featuring Big Boy and Nicole Ray um Dangerous Mouth featuring Redman I'm listening to this after I finish this. And I do listen to this, this music after I finish. Um, Hot Boys featuring Little Mo, which was the original version before you got the remix. Um, you Don't Know featuring Little Mo, which is also a great song. Mr. DJ featuring Lady Saw. Checking For You featuring Little Kim, which I think was an interlude. Um, Sticking Chickens featuring Aliyah and the Brat. Smooth Chick, We Did It. Throw Your Hands Up, which is another interlude that includes Little Kim. Then, She's a Bitch. You Can't Resist, featuring Juvenile and BG. Juvenile and BG snap on this motherfucker song, I'm I'm telling you. Crazy Feelings, featuring Beyonce. Yes, and Religious Blessings as the outro. And then track 18, of course, were the All of My Girl remix, featuring MC Scholar and Nicole Ray, along with the... Um, the Hot Boys remix as, as well with Eve, Nas, and what I want to say is Q-Tip. I, will, I, I feel like that was Q-Tip. Um, how Missy Elliott's The Real World changed the rap game. Y2K was fastly approaching. The 
conveyor belt of manufactured pop is crunching out diamond certified best sellers from tween stars of the Mickey Mouse Club. The rap quarter culture is reaching new commonified heights. The definition sorry, the defecation that's not that's not a good word of Tupac and the notorious VIG continues casting shadows over the industry but rap's new children DMX and Jay-Z are garnering mass appeal recognized recognizing by way of the internet revolution women in hip hop are emboldened destroying the proverbial glass ceiling yet one one <laughs> Diminutive lady by the name of Missy Mr. Meanie Meaner Elliot looms large. In the summer of 1999, released The Real World, reveal, <clears throat> revealing the hip hop boys club at a time when women MCs were still not seen as credible equals. This incited Missy to actively tackle the industry's double standard head-on, fashioning a new region of female-centric, or sorry, female-centric authenticity within the realm of hip-hop and R&B, coming off the back of her in, uh, what are we saying? Inter oh interdimensional debut super duper fly, Missy Elliott faded, crip, uh, face crippled pressure to overcome the dreaded sophomore slump. See, we talked about that before. The uh, the the real world did. Uh, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about too many things and my mouth was getting dry. Um, the real world didn't match its predecessor's sale, the 17-track LP. But, however, Missy still garnered many, many awards. And she became that bitch. <laughs> Missy projected a surreal throne-like cyber version where her... Ex- where there existed a level playing field between the sexes. She finessed a more affirmative uh, feminist agenda as evidenced by the powerful cover art decked out in a power suit with a flip flip phone in her hand and flash of lightning breaking the monochromatic sky. Missy was a mood to disrupt the status quo and shake things up. In her own words, Missy proclaimed the real world is a risque street record for her ghetto motherfuckers as, <laughs> yeah, she did say that, as professed in the opening line of the song, of the song Hot Boys, because this is for my ghetto motherfuckers. Yo, this album, itself just is iconically 
classic. I know that I tell you all the time that I'm like, yo, I can literally hear each thing kind of go off or each song go off when I say the title. And there's some albums that I'll look at and be like, I don't remember that song. Well, I don't remember that song like that. But I know that I remember how this made me feel. So this was 1999. And 1999, I was in the, I want to say I was in like the 10th or 11th grade. And probably like, 10th because I graduated 2001 so I want to say that I had just gotten my first job this was another um album that I was able to to grab I was able to grab by myself one of one of the first ones that I bought um and I played it. I played it over and over and over again. And it stayed in rotation. And Missy deserves, and we've talked about this before, but Missy deserves all the things that she is receiving now because of the fact that I remember getting the same feel to watch a Missy Elliott video, especially once we got to the sophomore project. And then once we got to the third project, you were definitely like, oh my God, what are the next videos going to be? I remember watching She's a Bitch and being like, what am I watching? And I'm telling you to this day, it still bumps. I I cannot, I'm actually, I really can't wait for the weather to start breaking because I literally will be bumping motherfucking Hot Boys remix once again. I always, I always do. Because when you hear... This is for my ghetto motherfuckers and, and then you just 45 felony, misdemeanor, mid-charge murder, <laughs> Escobar, CBR bikes, <laughs> we switching gears, headlights, shine so bright, niggas squeeze like this, niggas want that D-boy, the D-coy, boy, push it where you rest in peace, boy, get your mama's house shot up, bodies all chopped up, and when them bodies pop up, I ain't getting locked up, my Bentley cruise the block with the sunroof top, her ass jumping on my jock, cause I blew up the spot, crushing your bands, crushing your navigator system. My QB beats make y'all niggas suck your shit in. It's Nas in your area. Queen's about to tear it up. Brave hearts are scared of us. Miss and uh. Uh-uh. And he'd be like, what's your name? Cause I'm impressed. Can you treat me good? And I'm not going to do the rest because again, I'm not getting covered. Anyway, but it is one of those just like when you hear that, you be like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was a moment. And again, it was very much so the future. Like, yo, we cell phones were in, but cell phones were not in everybody's pocket. Okay, um, it was it was definitely a thing. But yo, it was it was a whole different moment in time. Um, it's a moment that I wish that we could we could re- I wish we could recreate. I would go back to ninety nine in a heartbeat. I just don't want all of the things that happened two years later <laughs> to this country. But ninety nine was was a year, and it was a year because we were definitely like, oh my gosh, we have to go through this year, and two thousand is right around the corner, and you know, computers weren't able to count the two thousand. Yes, that is a literal fact. Where we are at 2021 right now, computers could not count to 2000. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? So, I am thoroughly, thoroughly excited. So, wrapping up Missy 
love you 100%. And Missy is very, very, very active on Twitter right now. Just want to put that out there. Like, like I, like, I am hoping that she comments back one day, but she is very, very active on Twitter. Um, and her, like her dog Fendi Dior is, is so cute. Um, but okay, so wrapping up a few things. Um, like I talked about earlier in the top part of the show, don't forget to check out the YouTube show with my man Wish Granite. I've posted it up. It's gonna be the 26th at 9 30. So make sure y'all come and stop through. Hit that like button, hit that notification button so you never miss when I post another video or do another live. I appreciate y'all in advance. Um, let's see. I have something very special. I think actually maybe. Maybe even let me see hold up how does that how does that fall i know that i probably should be, I, I definitely should be more prepared to tell y'all when that uh when the date falls but i think it's going to be the new episode for i want to say for march no so we got okay so we got one more episode. I got another show that I'll do on March 2nd, but I am going to try to figure out and see if there's going to be an episode for March 9th. Don't forget that we also, oh, and we got some great shows to watch. Speaking of which, I'm going to wrap this up real quick with something else that I have to talk about, but a few things that just ran through my mind. Number one, um, March 1st is going to be the Notorious B.I.G. documentary on Netflix. Make sure y'all check that out. I probably will be enthralled in it because y'all know how I love Biggie. So, it's my shit. Um, then March the 4th, um, the T.S. Madison experience. I am into it. I don't care what nobody say. Call me what you want to. I love T.S. Madison. I think that she is utterly hilarious and I love the fact that I love anybody to live their truth out loud and in color. So I am, I'm excited to see it. I hope that I can get WeTV because Xfinity has been really funny on that, but whatever. Then on, in addition, March 5th marks coming to America too. Now I have heard pray tell that coming to America too is PG 13. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what, what the fuck? What the whole fuck? Like, nah, bruh, you, you, I don't even think the first movie was rated PG-13. I think the first movie was rated R, but hopefully, you know, we'll get what we need. You know, uh, we're, we're definitely not getting an F, may not be getting an F-bomb. Who knows? Um, oh, I forgot. I had tea. Mm. And so, um, lastly, um, are y'all watching WandaVision? Please tell me that you're watching WandaVision. Please. Next Friday, we get episode... Well, not next Friday. I'm sorry. This Friday, we get episode 8. And then next Friday, we get episode 9, which is going to be awesome. There are two left. There is an alleged rumor that it is supposed to be... The whole totality of it is supposed to be six hours in total. And we're already, like, over three. So they may be longer episodes, but they are good. They are good. I have all of a sudden just like dropped into this part of the cinematic universe. Like I watched Infinity Wars, I watched Endgames, and now I'm in WandaVision and they all go go together and there's so many clues and pieces and this, that, and the third. I will not spoil a bit of it for anybody. My boss is now officially watching it and I think he's only on episode like three or whatever. And I'm like, sir... You must catch up, but it is so, it is so good. And really, honestly, it was, it's, it's, it was one of those things where I was like, 
the first two or three episodes and and it's weird it was almost until they got to color i was like "Ah, this is not if if it don't get better no time soon i don't care it definitely did. It definitely started sparking the interest. And then what I did was, because I'm a geek and I'm a nerd, I started watching other people's reviews on WandaVision. And when I tell you that helps, that will help you a lot if you're not too familiar with it, which I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a nerd. So I'm very familiar, but like for those that are not, it, especially breaking down the Easter eggs and what that could have meant or what this means or what the commercials mean or what the deck gave me. One thing, and I'm going to say it on my show because I think this was a nuance that was so good. Okay, before they got into the Modern Family situation on the last episode, right? For the last episode, they said something that was... That nobody is tackling, nobody is touching, because again, it doesn't really, it doesn't mean anything, but I think it's just, it's, it's the dopest nuance. So, the episode before, they did Malcolm in the Middle, and then this episode, they're doing, um, they, they did, um, Modern Family and like The Office and stuff like that, right? Okay. So, one of the agents asked, hey, do we still have a signal into the hex? For, spoiler alerts, kind of, sort of, if, if you haven't watched it, I'm so sorry, but I have to talk about this part because it, it it's going to make sense um in a second. So, they said something about that, and then they were like, um, they were like, uh, no, we can't get a signal into the hex. Okay, so stop right there, right? Something about that just made me think about it. I was like, yo, that is the dopest Meaning ever. Malcolm in the Middle aired around like 1999-ish. You know what I'm saying to you? And The Office and, and, um, Office, Parks and Recreation and Modern Family are all in the 2000s. So get where that was. All of the TV that was prior was analog. So it was always sending out a signal to the air. You know what I'm saying? In the airwaves. But when you get to the 2000s, of course you can't get a signal on the show anymore because it's now all digital and you're not getting it through the airwaves or whatever like you used to. And that one part made me be like, that is ingenious. And I don't think anybody, nobody has talked about it. Nobody has put it in a review and nobody has caught it. Like, yo, that is what that means. Like, literally, we went from Malcolm in the middle and now they're in a more modern family situation where TVs have changed now they're more flat screen so on and so forth so you're not getting a um out, everyone who lives outside of the hex is no longer getting that signal anymore because it's no longer analog it's all digital I thought that was an ingenious little po- little point and I'm so mad that nobody else is like picking that point out because that point right there it doesn't again it doesn't mean anything it doesn't follow the rest of the story it doesn't break any of the rest of the story down but that particular part right there was one of those things i was like oh marvel oh disney y'all smart as shit and i feel like so many people have not caught that moment so when you look between episode seven i'm sorry yeah between episode six and seven when you look between that and you're like okay they're in malcolm in the middle they, we were still in an analog phase. You still had like a cable box. You still had cable cores that you really kind of plugged up to that. And we, and we still do that now. But again, you did, you had more of an analog box. You don't have a digital box now. 
where it's more of a digital recorder. Everything is digital. So that was one of the things that I, I loved about the show. That nuance sent me over the top. And I was like, yep, that's super good. But anyway, tell me your thoughts about WandaVision. Tell me your thoughts about Missy and, and the real world. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please subscribe to the, I'm begging y'all, subscribe to, the, why y'all, y'all not gonna, y'all not gonna subscribe? Y'all, y'all, y'all acting like y'all don't wanna subscribe? No, subscribe. Uh, to the YouTube channel. I want to take whatever this podcast is and take it to the next level. I love and appreciate you. Once again, fear, false evidence appearing real. It's only real in your mind if you make it real in your mind. And Missy was like, yo, there are no limits. I can do anything that the guys can do and better. Yo, she came in as a rapper and well, not even that. She didn't even come in as a rapper. Like, yo, she was writing stuff and, and, and doing little things. Yo, this industry shaded the fuck out of Missy in the beginning. Taking it back to the Raven Simone days where she was writing and she wrote and rapped on a song for Raven Simone. And because she didn't look the part, they got a light-skinned girl to play her. And as a matter of fact, let's... One more thing before I go, while we touch on how influential Missy is, that's the fuck shit that that goddamn Lifetime did. Who? I'm I'm about to open a wound. When they did the motherfucking Aaliyah story, who in the whole holy fuck was the light-skinned bitch that they tried to play that had played Missy? That was some ignorant unegregious ass shit y'all bitches need to be shot for that don't do that that was that was so wrong but that's that goes to another factor of the industry it is exactly what they try to make missy out to be missy missy to be so many other things let me tell you something that's gonna be another documentary that's gonna be another biopic that is a biopic that i want to see picked up by like vh1 or someone else if you do a missy biopic that shit gonna be that shit's gonna be fire that shit is gonna be fire i don't think Actually, you know what I want? I don't really want a Missy biopic. I want a Missy documentary. You know what I'm saying to you? I don't want a biopic. I don't want nobody else to play Missy. I want a documentary of Missy telling her story. She got a vault full of shit, full of, full of music. You know, people recording how she works. And, and again, all of that is like top secret. She's like Michael Jackson out this bitch. She is. But living icons do living icon things anyway once again i am your host young smooth and you have been kicking it with your boy young smooth now don't y'all feel better about it i know i know that you do you know what i mean i do all right y'all i'll talk to y'all next week let's go you feel me